This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 14. Mom, mama, mommy. Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we're going to be talking about stay at home parents. Mm-hmm. Every couple who has children will have to ask will one of us stay home or will we both continue to work? And I wish that we could tell you that it's kind of like a, a yes or no answer, but it's not that simple. Uh, it's not like a one-dimensional answer. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about finances. You got to think about your career, both short-term and long-term, and whether your career is going to allow you to take a break or not. And it also depends on where you live, too, right? So, I mean, for our Canadian listeners out there, you get your, is it 18 months now, I think? Uh, Yeah, I think you can take 18 months. Right. (laughs) And uh, in America, that probably sounds like gold. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not 18 months full-time pay. No. No, but still it's 18 months. But you, the 18 months that your employer cannot let go of your job. Exactly. They got to, yeah. Yes. And for our American listeners, yeah, you get. Six weeks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So during this podcast, we want to address three different phases of the stay at home experience. First of all, we're going to be talking about those who are considering staying at home. And then we'll address those who are at home. And then finally, those who are considering entering the workforce again. And if you aren't a stay-at-home parent, uh, we're not trying to guilt you or saying that you should be or you should be considering to be. Uh, And don't worry, we haven't forgot about you. There is a future episode coming up where we'll interview a full-time working mom and ask her about work-life balance. Yeah, so before Christina shares her story of taking or jumping into the stay-at-home experience, we wanted to read a review that one of you left for us. Thank you again for all of those who have left reviews for us. If you haven't yet done so on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do so because it helps a ton in just other people finding the show. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the way Apple works and we read every single one of them too. So it's a great way to give us feedback as well. So this one is from Z Z or Zed Robin Sam. (laughs) Where do you live? I know. Where do I live? Uh, (laughs) Title is awesome. Five stars. And this is what The reviewer said, awesome, talented, down-to-earth speakers speaking on real-life conversations and events. Most of us are too embarrassed to speak on topics, but these to add humor to the stories to make them real and enjoyable to listen to. Looking forward to future podcasts. Oh, you really do enjoy reading them. <laughs> yeah, we do. So please do leave us a review if you haven't yet done so. But Christina, why don't you share your story of how you never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and how you are now? Mm-mm. I was going to say, full disclaimer, right? Yeah. <laughs> I never saw myself as being a stay-at-home mom. 
Um, we talked about it in previous podcasts too. I think a lot of times we parent the way that uh, we've been parented. And so my mom, I really look up to her and she was a full-time working mom as, uh, and did really well and loved her career. So I thought, well, if my mom can do it, and I didn't really know any different, we didn't have a ton of stay-at-home parents really when I was growing up either. I don't know why, but that wasn't just the lifestyle that everybody had. So I assumed that I would go to school, I would graduate, I would get married, and when my kids would come along, I would stay a year at home, and then I would put them in daycare, and off I would go. So I could, you know, wear heels during the day and slippers at night when I took my kids into bed. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> didn't happen that apparently way. Apparently God had different plans. <laughs> um, we got pregnant with Victoria when we were living in Korea yeah. and that was a complete, um, God's blessing. Let's say it like that. And we really didn't have family or anything like that. So we had her and I had three months off. And then after that, we had to go back to work. And it was kind of juggling here and there, bringing her into the office, sometimes working from home. And it was really difficult. Uh, we'll share this in a different episode. But when she was in five, when she was five months old, we actually moved back to Canada. And um, that's when we were like, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, it was a very unexpected return back to Canada. Yes. And so long story short, uh, when Victoria was seven months old, Mm -hmm. we found out that we were pregnant with Adeline, (laughs) another of God's blessings. (laughs) Were we still in Vancouver at the time? We were still in Vancouver at the time. Mm -hmm. And I cried for two days just because I was really, it was really unexpected. It was a really difficult time in our lives. Uh, And then just felt like God was saying, no, this is exactly what I want to do. And so, and I look back and think that's exactly, it's wonderful, really, really such a blessing. And then Daniel and I had to have a really frank conversation. Do I go back to work or, and put two kids in daycare? Um, or do I stay home even though I didn't really want to, but then when we, you know, push comes to shove, we're thinking how much money am I really going to bring home if I'm sending two kids to full-time daycare? Yeah. So just filling in the holes a little bit, when we were first married, Christina graduated with a bachelor's of social work Mm -hmm. and you were working first in a school and then in a kind of a mental health hospital. And and then when we moved to Korea, you were on staff with me at the church mm-hmm. while doing your master's of counseling. So, and, and then when we came back to Canada, it wasn't that you were out of the social work world really that long no. at all, but it really, I mean, you could have jumped right back into it, mm-hmm. especially because when we moved to Edmonton, you didn't necessarily have that French English barrier that we faced when we lived in Montreal. True. But it, it really required us to sit down and, and have a frank conversation about lifestyle choices and what that meant if you stayed at home or if you went back to work. Mm-hmm. So what would we be gaining and what would be sacrificing or missing out on? Mm-hmm. So if you are considering becoming a stay-at-home parent, We'll actually address you first, and then we'll talk about those of you who are stay-at-home parents, and then we'll talk about those who want to get back into the workforce. 
just some tips and some actually fantastic research that I stumbled upon that'll help you make that transition well. So first of all, if you are considering becoming a stay-at-home parent, it's really important that this choice is a choice that you as a couple have to make together. Yes, because the benefits and the sacrifices are going to affect the individual, but also the family dynamic as well. Mm -hmm. When we lived in Edmonton and you decided, okay, you are going to be a stay-at-home mom, we had an old car that my parents gave us, (laughs) right? Because we had sold everything when we moved to Korea. Mm -hmm. So they gave us one of their older cars, which we are forever grateful. It It was incredibly generous. Of them, and it was actually the car that I like kind of convinced my dad to get when I was in high school Ford Explorer. I was just <laughs> yeah. obsessed with the Ford Explorer for some reason, so it was pretty cool that, that we, we we drove the the black SUV that was a gas guzzler, but it was it was a free car and it yeah. was amazing. <laughs> so we decided to have that one car, and we lived in a it was kind of like a 1958 house, a bungalow. It was our version of our fixer upper. <laughs> very slow. <laughs> yes, a very slow. Very slow fixer upper. <laughs> well, so while our friends would very regularly take vacations, we weren't able to do that. And while a lot of our friends would go out to eat often, we just couldn't do it because of the financial choice that we made. Mm-hmm. I remember even at one point, money was so tight that we were invited to a birthday party and um, I couldn't buy wrapping paper Mm. and so we were kind of forging around and i found the comics um of like a newspaper or something and i was like okay let's do this (laughs) (laughs) so it's you know there's definitely not a ton of glitz and glam i would say but we made the choice together together yes we did we did and we did um in the long run see the benefit of one parents staying at home. Mm -hmm. So let's actually go through a few pros and cons of staying at home just to help you navigate and think through the the choice. All right. So one of the pros of staying at home is that you'll possibly save on childcare. Yes. When Daniel and I looked at uh, potentially what I would make uh, as a social worker after tax and taxes are higher in Canada um, and then, you know, child care and all of that, we figured we would only be bringing in a couple hundred, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that much. Like it was just, (laughs) it was peanuts. Yeah. And so to me and knowing both Daniel and I had parents that worked full time, um, that we did miss them. They weren't always able to make our soccer games or different events. And so, um, that was a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So that really is the, the, so the pros that you could possibly save on childcare, the con is that you may not have as much leisure or really be able to, to save up as much money because it's one income. Mm-hmm. So another pro would be that I think you have a slower paced life. Mm. So instead of getting both parents ready and out the door in the morning and getting all the kids ready and out the door in the morning. Maybe you only have to send one parent out and the other one can, you know, take it a little bit easier. Yeah. The con is maybe Christina, you want to speak to this because yes. a lot more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> so a con and I'm going to like full disclaimer, I love my kids and they are amazing, but sometimes life can be a little bit mundane 
And you can kind of lose sight of why you decided to stay at home when, you know, like I was saying in the beginning, like everyone's calling your name, mommy, mommy, mommy. You realize that you've heated up your coffee in the microwave for the fifth time and you look down and you have peanut butter and jelly like all over you. Mm. So, Christina, before we go on, how, how did you kind of work through that mundaneness? I realized um, quickly that for me, for my sanity and for my personality, that uh, mornings needed to be out of the house. Okay. And so we would go and do something. We would, you know, call a friend and go to the park and have a play date. Or we would um, take advantage of free things like uh, at the library. There would be free story times or, you know, different places. Maybe we would go to Chick-fil-A or McDonald's and go to, you know, the indoor play area. And then be home in time for lunch or we would pack a lunch Mm -hmm. and then down um, the kids would be down for nap and, you know, for two hours or whatnot. And then we can get up and, you know, play at home or play outside and then daddy would be home. So it kind of made the the day go by a little bit quicker. All right. Cool. Cool. So another pro is that if you are stay at home, you can spend more time with your kids. You're able to see a lot of their firsts. And uh, just be with, you know, be able to create a lot of memories that way. The con is that it really does, it can sacrifice your career path and all that you've, depending on how old you are when you're, and how long you've been in the workforce before the first kid comes. Mm -hmm. So in the end, to sum it up, if you are considering becoming a stay-at-home parent, there is no right choice. (laughs) The only right choice is one that works for your family. People are going to have opinions, parents, in-laws, friends, Pinterest, (laughs) Siri, Alexa. I mean, they're all going to have opinions and give you lists here and there. But in the end, you can go either way. But it is a decision that you need to make together as a family. Mm -hmm. And we do also want to say that it isn't a forever decision. Mm -hmm. So if you decide to stay home with the kids uh, for a little bit, so maybe a couple of years or maybe until the last one goes to kindergarten and then you, you know, go back into the workforce, there is nothing wrong with that. And there is nothing wrong with taking it year by year too. Yeah, precisely. All right. Now, if you are a stay at home parent, we did want to address you next. So I just want, as we had touched on it beforehand, um, about, you know, kind of having a schedule and um, figuring out what to do to make the day go by a little bit quicker or less mundane. I want to also stress that it takes a village to raise a child. Mm. So do it in community. Uh, If you have other people who are around, uh, maybe friends or family or other stay-at-home moms, or parents, like reach out to them, send them a text, send them an email, call them, uh, Instagram them, whatnot, and just be like, hey, what are you doing? Mm. Do you want to go to the library together? Do you want to have lunch together? Um, Do you want to go to the gym together? Yeah. So Christina, on this note, you're very extroverted. I am. You're you're very extroverted. (laughs) And it's it's cool to kind of talk about this within this context on the podcast, Mm -hmm. because as you've been, you know, I, I kind of hear you speaking and I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. You do always have, even when I work from home, you guys usually leave in the morning and mm-hmm. you do your thing and then you come back and I've just, and, and you've always been able to just build community everywhere we went. And we do have a previous episode where we did talk about that aspect of it. But what about those moms or those stay-at-home dads that are a little bit more introverted? 
and they're not as gung-ho to go to a mommy or a daddy group or do library story time and they're not as likely to kind of reach it's it's not as natural for them to go and reach out and, and organize these things because we do have friends like that mm-hmm. how, I mean how can you help them or or what kind of advice can you give them because it, it because of the point that it does take a village to raise a child it does and um, I'll share a story on this point and then I'll say something else but I do have one friend um, who self-professes that she is an introvert however she has noticed that one of her children is extremely extroverted and needs that um, that time with other people and isn't just satisfied or, or okay with being with her one-on-one all the time. And so she actually went out of her comfort zone to organize a weekly play date with neighbors and friends that she knows, uh, not because she needed it necessarily, but because her son needed it. Oh, okay. And I thought that was really, really, um, it was just wonderful of her. And yeah, it's, was a great way to get to know new moms yeah that's that's a really good way to reframe reframe things mm-hmm. it's like hey i maybe i don't need to maybe i don't want to maybe i just want to kind of stay at home and read a book but my kid needs it and in the end even if you want to just stay home and read a book i mean you all of us need community the wait is over find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th dead sea squirrels book Babylon breakout hi i'm mike naraki co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Yes. Right. One of the biggest epidemics in our society today is loneliness and isolation. Mm -hmm. And though we are so interconnected, even more interconnected than we've ever been in the history of mankind, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? We are so isolated. And it's, we, I mean, we talked about this in a previous podcast where, right, where it was like, how often do we trade present experiences by, with, with, with looking at other people's past experiences? Mm-hmm. How often do we do that? So, so even if it takes, you know, you looking at your kid and be like, hey, I need to help my kids socialize. I need to go out for the sake of them. Yes. Use that as an excuse to. If, or a if you're really good driving reason. Yeah. To connect with others because it's going to help you. It's going to help you grow and, and stay connected. Mm-hmm. And I do want to make a point, too, that there is a difference between being introverted and being shy. Mm. And so if you are being if you are an introvert by nature, then uh, maybe your schedule looks like you go out once a week or a couple times a week, but you make sure during nap time or quiet time that you are doing something that really refuels you and recharges you. So does that mean like drinking tea and, and reading a book? Or does that mean, you know, going for a walk on the treadmill? Um, whatever you need to do to recharge, then, you know, be free to do that when you're, when, you know, you're at home. So now for those who are shy, 
Um, it was really interesting. I did research uh, in university about, you know, extremely shy children and extremely shy peers. And it, they said, um, really, it only takes one friend who is not shy to kind of latch on to the person who is shy to help them draw, mm. be drawn out. And to help them be able to communicate or to, you know, go to places or whatnot. So if you are, you know, a little bit shy by nature, maybe that's one thing that you can look for. Look for the person uh, and not latch on. I don't want that always sounds like negative, but, you know, be friends with the person who is the one who is inviting and the one who is really building community and just say, hey, um, I really enjoy spending time with you. Can you let me know when? Um, you're doing something next so that yeah. they they know that uh, to invite you and to keep inviting you. That's cool. And if your kids are really young, like super young, as they grow older, you'll actually notice not only will you develop friendships with other moms and dads and, and other parents, but you'll find that your kids will actually gravitate to to certain friends over others. Mm-hmm. And that'll be a great it's, it's it's I mean, it's awesome to see that with our kids. And it's, I mean, we all have our own friends, right? So it's, it's how do you help your kids continue to develop that too? But also you as a parent need to have time to develop your friendships with others. So, so for example, Christina, you take advantage of the YMCA because they actually offer childcare. Yes. So, so what you'll do is you'll drop the kids off or now it's actually just Macarios off mm-hmm. at, the, at the Y because our other two are going to school and you'll connect with your friends and and I'll ask you how your workout went and sometimes it's awesome. Other times you met your friends <laughs> and you just kind of walked on the treadmill for an hour and then you had tea. I just caught up. <laughs> yeah, but, but what's amazing is sometimes some of those friends that you connect with at the Y, our kids don't necessarily play have play dates with one another yes or they don't would you know sometimes they have way older kids or way younger kids and so this is mm -hmm. a great way for you to recharge and you to connect with your friends as well the next thing that we wanted to talk about was really to emphasize the fact that stay-at-home parents are working full-time jobs well i just read um an article that actually says that stay-at-home parents are working in equivalent to two full-time jobs So no wonder I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. Yeah, especially when there's not that intentional break. Or even for me, when I drive home from work, it's Mm -hmm. that 30, 40 minute drive that kind of helps me unplug and change scenarios. But for you... I get maybe 10 seconds when I'm in the bathroom, (laughs) but usually... You know, he's following right behind me. So is, yeah. <laughs> 2.5 milliseconds. I know. <laughs> yeah. So it's important if you are the spouse that is working outside of the home that you recognize this about your spouse that is stay at home and you provide him or her opportunities to take a break, to have a transition, to be like, hey, I just came home from work. Why don't you go take like a 30 minute nap before we eat dinner? Or a bath. Or about, yeah, just ways to transition, (laughs) ways to kind of move in and out or, hey, go take a walk before dinner or, 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 you know, go to the gym or go to do this. And and in that way, you can you can really help that that wholeness, that that family health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so before we move on to the um, second scenario, I do want to say to stay at home parents, you probably know this already, but I want to say right now and to remind you that you will have bad days. That's just life. 
especially life with kids 24 seven. But that does not mean that you are a bad parent. It just means you are having a tough day or a tough moment. So don't throw in the towel. We believe in you. And just keep going. Reheat your coffee one more time. Take a break. Maybe do some dishes by the sink. Say mommy or daddy needs five minutes. And then continue. Yeah. I mean, recently we released an episode, well, actually a few weeks back at this time, about Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pop-Tarts. Well, no, I guess, what was the episode about? I just remember Uh, Pop-Tarts. Parent Fails. Yes, Parent Fails, (laughs) yes. Hashtag Parent Fails. And one of our friends actually replied back and she was like, hey, when I I take my kids to McDonald's once in a while and this other mom was like, what? I've never taken my kids to McDonald's or not until they're way older. And, Mm -hmm. and, And she felt guilty about it. And it was encouraging for her to to listen to the podcast and and be like, well, actually, it's okay. It's okay to bring your kids to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had Pop-Tarts today. (laughs) We did. We tried them. We finally buttered the bags. Yes. Yes. I don't like it buttered. It was Um, too much for me. I don't like Pop-Tarts in general. I (laughs) I still like Pop-Tarts. I really thought I maybe, because I was so deprived as a child, but mm, this is just cardboard with icing. (laughs) No, man. I liked it. I liked it. So the reason I bring it up is if you're not connected with us on social media, at InBetweenShow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, we would love to share stories, to connect, to get to know you. So be sure to connect with us on that. So this next scenario I'm really interested in um, because we're going to be talking about those who are considering entering the workforce again. Mm. And I guess I'm creeping up there a little bit. You are. You are. And I recently came across a Harvard Business Review article on, here's the title, stay-at-home moms are half as likely to get a job interview as moms who got laid off. Well... (laughs) I thought that was going to be a little more encouraging. But. <laughs> well, it, it was fascinating. Wah, wah. So, so basically, there, and we'll, we'll put this in the show notes. So be sure to go to inbetween.org backslash episode 14. But this recent research study basically said that stay-at-home moms and dads are heavily biased against when they try to re-enter the workforce. All right. So this was talking about getting a call back. Right. So you go for an interview and getting a call back from the employer to do a second interview or for the job. Fifteen, about 15 percent of employed mothers received a call back after an interview. Hmm. About nine point seven percent of unemployed mothers. So they were unemployed for I mean, they, they were continuing to work, but for a period they were just unemployed. Mm-hmm. They nine point seven percent received a call back. Whereas only five percent of stay-at-home moms received a callback. This is getting depressing. <laughs> the results were similar for fathers. So about fourteen point six percent of employed fathers got a callback. Eight point eight of unemployed fathers got a callback, and only five point four percent of stay-at-home fathers got the callback. So it was it was pretty similar from employed to unemployed to stay-at-home fathers. The research uh, put it like this. Stay-at-home parents were about half as likely to get a callback as unemployed parents and only one-third as likely as employed parents. So if you're a stay-at-home parent and, I mean, getting ready to re-enter the workforce I mean, this is this is important. <laughs> it's important research to to understand expectation wise. 
So after hearing that, I'm kind of like, well, I'm thrown in the towel. Might as well just be a stay-at-home parent forever. No, I mean, I mean. The, <laughs> so what's encouraging about the research okay, is yeah, let's go you'll there. often <laughs> compare. So if you've been out, if you've been stay-at-home for the last five or ten years, you're comparing callbacks and interviews with what it was before. Okay. And before, when you were going from one job to the other or you were actively employed, you would be more likely to receive the callback or mm -hmm. maybe be pursued. So it's just important to understand expectations that it's not going to be the same. It doesn't mean you're never going to get the callback, mm -hmm. but you're just it's it's going to be harder to get that first job after being stay at home. Okay. So I'm very much like a okay, I hear the problem, I hear the issue. So what can I do to fix it? Yeah, what I mean, we live right now in the gig economy. The gig economy, basically, it's so much easier these days to freelance, to do a side hustle, mm. to do, you know, to gig on the side. So as a stay-at-home parent, if you're thinking in the next year or month or a couple of years that you're going to get back full-time into the workforce, what are ways for you to begin gigging? Because that can go into your resume. Because mm -hmm. sometimes we used to think, hey, if, if I want to work, I need to and I want to start working, you need to look for a full time or a part time job. But with the gig economy, hey, you could start Ubering and that's employment. Mm -hmm. There's you can Etsy something you can. There's this thing called TaskRabbit. There's so many online platforms right now where you can begin building up your resume again, where you can. And, and a lot of that is you can network through that as mm -hmm. well. Right. Yes. No, that reminds me of a story of a friend who uh, was a stay-at-home mom for um, when her child from being born until she was going into kindergarten. And I was asking her, I was like, oh, how's like, what does a resume even look like anymore? I haven't done one for eight, nine years. And she was researching and she was like, oh, Christina, I kind of regret what I've done. I'm like, what do you mean? And she was like, there are all these tips saying, you know, you don't have this big, long gap in your resume. So if you even are a stay-at-home parent, do something on the side or, you know, take a course or audit a course or volunteer somewhere. Um, just A, you have something on your resume and B, you have um, someone that can be a reference for you. Yeah, the reference part is is big. Right. And, and that's that's the importance of continuing to be engaged in and through it. And if you haven't done that, right, if you've if you've been out of the workforce and haven't been actively doing something on the side, it's fine. It doesn't mean everything is, you know, that the, that the <laughs> sky the is, is falling. And, yeah, exactly. But it is important to reflect on and, and think about, hey, what are things that you can gig on the side just to begin getting into it? And, and and on that note, as you're thinking about what to gig or if you are wanting to get back into the workforce, what you want to do, it's important to understand that what you did before is not necessarily what you have to get back into. Mm -hmm. I think the world has changed so much that maybe what you were doing before is not irrelevant. I don't want to say it like that, but is maybe not um, as available as it was before. And personally speaking, I used to be a social worker and used to do counseling and whatnot with different people. And um, honestly, like Dino and I have had some really um, honest conversations. Now that I have kids, I don't know if I could go back to that hmm. just because um, 
it's one of those jobs where, you know, it's not necessarily nine to five that you were helping someone and then that story comes home with you. And it means or hits a lot harder because, you know, you have kids and you have that relationship. Um, And that just takes a a really big emotional toll. So whereas I felt like, you know, when I shut the door and walked into my house beforehand before kids, I could leave it. I could leave it in the car. I, you know, I cried on the way home or whatnot and just got over it and and walked in the door and I was just me, just Christina. Um, Whereas now I don't know if I could do that. Mm. It would just be really hard. So as you're considering entering the workforce again, another thing that you can do is actually go back to school. Christina, you mentioned auditing, Mm -hmm. but you could, for example, when we've talked about, hey, Christina, if you want to get back into social work, what's the best path toward it? And it was, hey, just going and getting your master's of social work. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind doing a little bit more schooling was to refresh but also to develop friendships and and network and and get references and a lot of that connections that happen when you're back in schooling. So the last point you wanted to make um, in this topic was that what you're doing now isn't necessarily what you'll be doing for the rest of your life. Maybe it's just to kind of get your feet wet and um, open up some doors. So for example, another friend that we know, um, she worked at her daughter's school um, as a lunch monitor and to, you know, build some contacts or whatnot, maybe being able to to work in the school, getting to know people. Because when you're in, there's a lot more opportunities. Uh, it turns out then that she kind of found another calling and she went back to school and um, is working towards becoming a medical interpreter. Hmm. So, But when I first asked her when she was just beginning... Uh, to look for a job. I'm like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I have no idea. I'm kind of trying to find myself again. So sometimes just getting your feet wet and getting back into it will help you discern as you move forward. So we'd love for you to share your story with us at In Between Show on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And be sure to go to inbetween.org backslash episode 14 for all the show notes. But next week, we're going to be talking about travel hacks for flying yeah on episode eight we did travel hacks for road trips but this time we want to talk about flying right ways to fly for cheap or free and what to do while flying with kids so if you haven't yet done so subscribe tell a friend tell your mom (laughs) tell your neighbors (laughs) get the word out it helps a ton and we will catch you next time this episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast, two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.